wanted to just come in, come in tonight, excuse me, to deal with something that um, I've kind of been pondering um, all day. How's my signal before I get started? How's my signal? Hello, 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 hello. Invite some people to come in tonight if you don't mind. This one is going to be good. This one is going to be good. Um, because we're going we're gonna to look at something tonight, and if my signal does, does well by us tonight, um, you should get a lot out of this one. Oh, let me get a little closer to you. How to vet a potential partner. How to vet a potential partner. That's what I want to deal with tonight. Um, I have two channels. You know, this is my main channel, and this is where I deal primarily with uh, women's empowerment, well, empowerment period, because I, I talk to men as well. It's just that this channel is inundated with 95% female, so I speak mostly to the female side because of that. But it's dedicated to women's empowerment, relationship type stuff, you know, and, you know, just building one's self-esteem. Then I have my my cyber church channel where I put all of my Bible studies. And so if you haven't gone to follow my cyber church channel, it's under Bishop R.C. Blakes Jr. And that's where you get all the Bible studies, all of the Sunday sermons and all of the, uh, you know, exclusive Christianity type stuff. This is where we talk about life. The Bible says that he gives us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So this is the life side of, of my ministry. And I love, I love what I do here. I really do. I love, I love our community. I love our conversations. And so I get a lot of, um, I get a lot of questions. I get a lot of emails. Um, it's not late for 60 years old and, and love. It's not. It's not. No, no, it's not. You can, you can, you can hang that excuse up. And I don't mean to re- I didn't mean to read the the, the comment and, and uh, give my commentary on it, but it's not too late for love at 60 years old. I'm sorry because I'm almost there. It ain't too late. Lisa and I was just at the table talking about something similar, if something were to happen to one of us. But I get a lot of questions about relationships. And um, what I'm finding is and you all please let me know if my signal is going uh, going awry. What I'm finding is we have too many people who are falling in love, you know, and that's a phrase that I kind of toy with at times because I think it's um, it's a counterproductive concept, falling in love. I don't think we should fall in love. I think we should walk in love, you know, with our eyes wide open. And it, when you're falling it means a few things. Number one, it's usually a mistake. Number two, you're subject to injury. Number three, at worst case scenario, you're subject to die. So I don't think anybody should fall in love. I think we should walk in love. I think we, we misconstrue, we misunderstand, should I say, um, sexual attraction. And um, we, we take um, infatuation and we label it as love. And so we throw all of ourselves and everything that pertains to us into the lap of a person that has not been proven. That has not been proven. You know, you have to become, and that's my, that's my aim tonight, you have to become wise enough to catch yourself when you know that... Um, you know, your flesh has gone, you know, on a, on a wild goose chase and you have to, you know, rein yourself in and say to yourself, this person must be proven. I don't care how fine they are. I don't care how good they smell. I don't care that they go to the same church or they're the same religion as you. I don't care about none of that stuff. This person has to be proven, Right. To vet means to make a careful, listen to this, it means to make, to vet, and here's the title, how to vet a potential partner. To vet means to make a careful and critical 
examination of something. So if you're vetting a person, you're making a careful and a critical examination of the individual. Now, watch this. You've not vetted a person. If, if a person is applying for a job, you know, where they're going to be handling, you know, crucial data, very sensitive information, files and what have you. You've not vetted that person simply because they gave you a nice resume. Oh, I looked at their resume. Their resume looks great. You've not vetted that person because of that. You've not vetted that person even after they've come in and had the initial interview and maybe they just knocked it out of the park. They're not vetted. You've only vetted a person in a professional sense, in a corporate sense, when you've done a deep dive into their background and into areas and things that otherwise might not be on the surface. And so when you think about vetting a potential partner, most of us have not vetted people we've gotten involved with. This is how we continue to create these soul tie relationships is because you've never done a critical and careful examination of anyone. You just, your eyes saw what you wanted, your flesh awakened, and voila, there you are in the middle of the bed somewhere, uh, another soul tied down. You've never taken the time to carefully and critically examine a person. This is why I push back on those of you who say there are no great men because most of you all that are saying that have never vetted a person. Most of you all who are saying that have only responded to men who awaken your flesh. Even brothers, it goes both ways. You know, brothers say, well, brothers hurt too, brothers hurt too, but you keep going and finding your woman you know, at the strip club and you wonder why you keep getting your money taken and your heart broken. You've never done a careful and critical examination of an individual. Now watch this. Here's the practical side because you all, you know, a lot of y'all say, well, he's a preacher and he just, you know, he just pushing the Bible down our throat and all of that. And the Bible is my, my document for living. It is my guide, you know, for right and wrong. It is my guide. But here's the practical side of, you know, living a life of abstinence. It's because as long as you continue to engage in premarital sex, you know, you know what sex does to you? Sex confuses all of your senses. Come on now. When 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 your when your sexual when your sexual nature is aroused and you're involved in all of that, everything's confused. Your, your, your sex drive will lie to you. Your sex drive has a way of, of turning the frog into the prince, turning the clown into the king, you know, because a lot of times the frogs and the kings are the best ones at the sex. And so now that you've opened that door and you're involved sexually with somebody, watch this, this is going to hurt, that you don't even know. You're involved sexually with somebody that you don't even know because you've not critically or carefully examined this individual, but you're in the middle of the bed with somebody doing all kind of stuff and you don't even know them. And so now all of this stuff is awakening. They, they, they're all up in your emotions. They're all up in your soul. They're all up in your thoughts. You know what I mean? They, didn't, they played all these, uh, worked all these sexual tricks on you and then freaked you out and got your mind all twisted and everything. And, you know, you don't know your, your toes from your fingers. And now you, you know, you, you wake up one day and you realize I got a demon here. I'm in lust with a demon. Because you never what? Critically or carefully examine the individual. You never vetted them. And so now you got them all in your office 
access to all of your social security numbers, all of your financial information, and you're wondering why your bank accounts are drained. You never vetted them. And see, I know that hurts, but that's just the truth for most of you. Well, not for most of you, but for a lot of you. That's just the truth. You keep you keep falling in love when you need to really just say, like, time out, time out, homie, time out. You've done this two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. This time we're not going to run with the 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 the, the smell of the fragrance. We're not going to run with the shape of the body. We're not going to run with the tone of the voice, the, the hardness of the muscle or the fineness of the hips. We're going to vet this person. Most have never done that. Most have never done that. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 John 4 and 1. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets or proclaimers are gone out into the world. He says, don't believe Every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they're of God. Now, what does that mean? That means a wise person lives with um, a cautious approach to relationships that have not been proven. Don't just don't just believe everything you hear and don't believe a thing because it looks a certain way. He says, but do this. Try the spirits to see if they really come from God or not, which is which is another way of saying what vet the spirits. Now, listen to what Second Corinthians six and 14 says, popular text. Be not unequally, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion hath light with darkness. Now, here's the here's the here's the principle that rides beneath the text that most folk overlook. When the text says don't be unequally yoked with another person that does not that is not suitable for you. The suggestion is not getting into the relationship and then discover that this person is not suitable for me and then try to find an exit clause. The the principle is implying have a process whereby you you may determine that this person is not suitable for me before you go too far. Meaning what? You got to have a vetting process. That's why you can't just be meeting somebody today and then talking about in two months. I don't know what kind of some uh, 90 day rule, three months or whatever. I don't know what it is. You talking about you're going to jump in the bed with this person. 90 days is not enough time to vet, vet a, an individual. Uh, you know, any, any good player can can act for 90 days. Any good player can act for 90 days. Any good player, if he really if he really wants you and want to want to deceive you, any good player can act act good and act right for 90 days. Some of them can act good for a whole year. And in the moment they get what they want. Then you start seeing, you know, how uh, grandma, grandma, how big your teeth are, (laughs) you know, little red riding hood. But when it says be not unequally yoked together, the the. The wisdom is check this thing out before you get tied. Like some of you all on, on here right now, you just all carried away. You all captivated because you met met a dude at the gas station and he got his got his muscles and everything and he smelled and he got his he got his Aventus on, his creed, and he got that fresh haircut and his car shining and everything. Yeah, he got his his Benz shining with his 400 credit score that you don't know about <laughs> and all of his little credit cards maxed out that you don't know about. And now you ready to jump up in the middle of the bed and do all kind of stuff your mama told you never to do. And you, you no, no venting process. No vetting process, rather. Maybe I'm venting. That's a Freudian slip, I guess. 
Now, there are one, two, three, four things I want to share with you in the vetting process as it pertains to determining if this person is potentially um, potentially the one. Okay, let's start where y'all want to start. Let's start where all it, where, where everybody loves to start. Well, let's start where it starts. You know what I mean? And we can't we can't get around it. Physical attraction is important because most people, male and female, are not mature enough to be able to even give a person a chance if there's not some physical attraction. I give you that. I mean, we're human. That's the way we operate. It's like after you've gone through enough hell after you've after you've you know you know run behind the physical and the visible so many times and gotten your heart crushed and let let narcissist into your life and created soul ties that uh, you know were formed in one night and took four five years to get free from then you begin to wake up and you begin to say you know, the physical thing is not that, you know, but let's start there. Physical appeal. Now, the common thing is, you know, people um, grade physical appeal on a scale of one to 10. You know, you know, you're one, uh, you know, meaning the person looks completely unattractive to you. You won't, you can't, you can't imagine yourself waking up looking at looking at them, right? And understand this, there are no, there are no ugly people. I think all, peop- all people are beautiful, but beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, the person that you say is unattractive, there's another person that views them as completely irresistible. And that's just the truth. So, you know, don't even let anybody tell you, well, this person is the mark or the, or the model of beauty because there's no such thing. This is the size you got to be to be considered beautiful in the eyes of this kind of man. There's no such thing. Every man has his own mind and his own eye relative to what kind of woman he wants to see. There are some men that love a woman that's a two. Some men say, that's, there ain't, no, ain't enough meat on the bone there. Some men love a woman that's a six. Some men love a woman that's a 10, 12, 14, 20. Yes, it's very, very true. So don't get caught up in this thing, you know, this rating thing. But let's use this rating thing or this grading thing for the purposes of your vetting process. When you look at a person on a scale of one to 10, if they are, watch this, at least make this this adjustment in your process. If they are at least Average to you, it should not be a deal breaker. In other words, on a scale of one to ten, if a person is is hitting at a five or a six, it should not be a deal breaker for you. Even a four should not be a deal breaker. Because let me tell you something. There are some people who uh, present as a four because they don't know what to do for themselves. And then they get the right person that knows how to take them to the store and put them together. And you can turn that four. You realize that there was a seven hiding up under that four, sometimes an eight. So if a person is average looking to you, you know, you can at least look at them. You know, I'm not trying to throw you out there and get you with somebody <laughs> you can't look at. But if you can at least look at them, it should not be a deal breaker. And, and you should watch this. You should you should open your heart to be able to vet. Watch this. The deeper things. What did we just say about vetting in a corporate sense? It's not the interview. It's not the um, the resume. See, the, the first time you meet a person, that's like the interview. You know, there's social media. That's like the, the resume. Everybody prettys that up. Most people have other folk to proofread their resumes for grammatical errors. And some people pay other folk to put their resumes together to make them look better than they actually are. So the, the, the physical appeal thing is like the interview, it's like the resume. But that's not enough to say I've vetted a person. That's just enough to pique my interest 
and make me want to at least look deeper. What I'm suggesting to you now is that there are people that you've slid off of the table because, you know, in your eyes, this person is a four or five in terms of looks. And you gave them you gave them no opportunity to show you the deeper and more necessary qualities. Now, the reason this is important, let me read some text for you. In 1 Samuel 16 and 7, listen to the words of God. It says, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or his, his physical appearance, on the height of his stature, because I have refused him for the Lord seeth not as man or men or humans see for men. Humans look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. What am I suggesting to you now? I'm suggesting to you in, in the, in the process of adjusting your approach to relationships that now you stop rushing a person off of the table because Maybe they're not a seven, eight or nine or 10 in your eyes, or they're not an eight, nine, 10. Maybe they are a four and a five and a six. Maybe you're not, you know, just overwhelmingly attracted to them physically. I'm saying to you that you got to you have to pray for the wisdom of God who looks not on the outward appearance, but looks on the, the heart of an individual because the vetting does not start on the surface the vetting to prove this person goes deep beneath the surface, right? Now, what's going to happen is once you adjust your mindset to say, okay, this person is, you know, is average looking. I'm not going to just reject them because of that. That's where I want you to start. What you will, what you will then discover is when you give a person of average, you know, physical appeal to you a chance, you will discover that many times there are other qualities that will make them more attractive. You know, like, okay, for instance, a lot of you that are on my channel, you've dealt with narcissists and you're, you're dealing with um, narcissistic abuse uh, syndrome or, or whatever, you know, the after effects of having dealt with a narcissist. Well, see, when you've gone through that, now you're at a stage where when you find a man or a person that is trustworthy, that is, you know, that is honest, a person that is genuine and real, a person that is um, uh, respectful and nurturing let me tell you something. Those qualities that I just mentioned off the top of my head will turn a four into a 10. And when you've gone through that enough, there are a lot of you who, who will testify right now. There are a whole lot of folk who on, on the physical side may rate a 10, but you will throw them away all day long for a person that will just be honest, for a person that will be safe. That's a word right there. But you'll never discover. See, if you leave, if you leave the process at the childish, immature level of physical and sexual appeal, you're going to keep on getting the same result. A whole lot of sex and no relationships. You got to You got to at least say, OK, well, you know, in my mind, in, in most of y'all's mind, it's like it's not a, you know, eight, nine and ten. Got to be at least a seven. You know, I ain't dealing with it. You don't want to hear nothing about no five. Definitely don't hear nothing about no four. But the reality is when that 10 or that nine or that eight get through breaking your heart and breaking your life, many times it's that four that has the inequalities to put you back together again. And a man that can love you through your brokenness, trust me, is going to be more appealing to you than any man that walk up with all of that and all of this kind of whatever that stuff is. So I'm saying point number one in the vetting process, at least con condition yourself to entertain people that you otherwise threw out because they were 
average in your eyes, you know, or maybe even below average. You lose a four and a half. What you talking about? I don't want nothing to do. I don't want no five. I don't want no six. Got to be a seven, eight, nine, or ten. Really don't even want no seven. Want an eight, nine, or ten. And you keep getting that. But here's the reality. People that usually in this, in this culture that rate or rank or whatever you call it, uh, at eight, eights, nines, and tens, usually them people come with a whole lot of uh, narcissism. They really do. Many times. Now, not all, because he got some very, very beautiful people, physically attractive people who are very humble. But in a lot of cases, you find people that, that the whole world just thinks they're gorgeous. That, that narcissistic demon raises up in them and you get exactly what you, what you, you know, you get more than you bargain for, actually. So number one, Let's let's make some adjustments in terms of vetting. Let's make some adjustments in terms of the physical appeal on a scale of one to ten. Let's not throw let's not completely throw the fours, the fives and the sixes away. Because there may be some inner qualities in them that will more than make up for what you don't see, you know, in terms of the the physical And see, for a woman, especially for a woman, a man that knows how to impact your heart, and I used the word just a few minutes ago, with safeness, with safeness. When you've been broken and you've been battered and you've been hurt, a man that will just be safe, not not a simp. Not somebody that you can just push around and move around because you never have respect for him. But a man that is a man holds it down, reliable and can be safe. And a man that is calm enough to to be able to commit that man will become the most attractive man you've ever had in your life. You won't be able to keep your hands off of him. You won't be you would you will love that man because He has the qualities that really, really, really matter. See, that other stuff on the physical level, that stuff is fading anyway, man. It's passing. You know, Lee Lee and I, we're growing older together now. You know what I mean? We're in our 50s. We're growing older together. We're chilling. It ain't all that, you know, it ain't all that. Mm -mm. We be sitting in the bed flipping through the channels, you know, eating fruit. Big old bowl of grapes in between us. She sit down and I'm, I'm saying, we watching the TV. We laughing about the TV. Good night. <sighs> Going to sleep. All that other stuff. That, yeah, we did enough of that. We, 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 we'll visit that every now and then. That, but that ain't, that ain't what life is built on. Life is built on having somebody that has the inequality. But you'll never get to that level or to experience that level in a person if you're counting them out based on physical looks. You know what I mean? I tell you all the story all the time, and I hate to mention it because, you know, she just, you know. Every time I talk about, you know, she just uh, rubbing and, you know, I could have had, I could have had a baseball player. I tell you all the story all the time about when, you know, we were dating and God was doing something in my life and I, I love Lee but I, want, I needed to make certain that I could I, I wouldn't wouldn't hurt her and break her like I had done so many other women. And so I, I told her one day, I said, well, you know, I'm not marrying anybody. And she she said, OK, cool. And she left. She went and got a got her another man. Now, I'm a little broke preacher, overweight, broke and overweight. Come on now. And she left me. And I, I told her go. She left. She went and got her a professional baseball player. Now she couldn't go get she couldn't go get a minor league player. She went and got a big leaguer, making a whole lot of money. She went and got a big leaguer with you know six pack, the body, and all of that other stuff that goes along with being an athlete. I'm over here overweight, broke. She got a millionaire. That's in perfect condition. And then my mama says to me, she says to me one day, I haven't seen Lisa. Where's Lisa? Where's Lisa at? And I said, well, you know, Ma, I told Lee that I, I, I don't want to get married. My mama said, you're making a fool out of yourself, son. You're making a fool of yourself. And then I left from that conversation. And the Lord said, you're making a fool out of yourself, boy. That's your wife. 
And so now I'm struggling with, you know, how do I call this girl and tell her she got a millionaire, this dude's in shape, I ain't got no money, I'm fat, I'm out of shape and all this kind of stuff. And I called and just said, you know, I was crazy enough to call. I said, you know, Lord said, you my wife, I want to marry you. And she said, okay. And she, she, left, that, she left that rich man, that rich man with all that money and a six-pack and came back to a, a little overweight, broke preacher. Now, what if she had judged me based on, I'm preaching better than you. Look at what she would have missed. Look at what she would have missed. Oh, Lord, she would have made a fool out of herself. Because watch this. There's more to a person than what meets the eye. There's more to a person than that which meets the eye. So in your vetting process, get the physical thing. I hope, I hope that made sense to you. Bring some balance to that because that is causing a lot of you to miss a lot of great people. Number two, in the vetting process, watch this. You should pray and pay, pray for and pay attention to your, watch this, emotional Comfort. It's not always so much about how a person looks. It's about how a person makes you feel. If you feel emotionally strained, if if this individual brings about anxiety in you, there's a problem. That's more than a red flag. That's a flaming red flag. Pay attention to your emotional comfort because the right person, the right one, listen to this, they will live their lives in a way that puts you at ease. They, they, the right person is going to live a consistent and accountable life. There's a thing, there's a concept the Lord gave me in the early days of my and Lisa's marriage. I knew I had to exercise this principle because of my history of being um, a, a philanderer, a player, however you want to call it. And now I'm married to this beautiful woman and I want her to believe and trust me. The Lord showed me this thing. He taught me this thing. Um, It's how did I how did the Lord give it to me? What's the word? It's it's selective um, accountability. There was a different way I said it, but that's what it boils down to. Selective accountability. I lived a selective accountability lifestyle. In other words, I lived my life in front of my wife with everything on the table without her having to demand it. Because I wanted to live in a way that I could put my wife at ease relative to can I trust him? Is there somebody else? You know, so I live my life in a way. What do I mean by that? Um, she can get in, she could get into my phone at any time. Uh, she always handled the money. You know what I mean? Uh, any man that's trying to play games, he ain't, he ain't gonna let you handle all the money. He gonna need some money to play them games. And he sure ain't gonna let you have access to his phone and to his computers and all of this kind of thing. So I, I lived a voluntary, that was the word, a voluntary accountability lifestyle because the right one is always going to provide emotional comfort. There's going to be this sense of rest with this individual. And so when you're vetting a person, um, pay close attention not only to the way they look, 
but pay attention to the way they make you feel. And see, there are a lot of great men that a lot of women have missed because you got hung up in the fact that he's a five. He's just a five. He's just a five. All of us going to be a five at some point. Fours and threes. You live long enough, you're going to be a two and a one. <laughs> just keep on living. You, you think your number going up? It ain't going up. Every year, our numbers go down in terms of the physical. And a lot of you have rejected men that could have given you everything you've been needing in a man, but you rejected him because he was, he looked like a four to you. He looked like a five and the emotional comfort that the right one brings to your life is irreplaceable. There's nothing that, you know, <clears throat> Proverbs 10 and nine says, he that walketh uprightly walketh surely but he that perverteth his ways shall be known. You know, a person that lives a life of integrity, in other words, that, you know, you don't, you don't feel a need to have to uh, be, be hiring um, the people to spy on the folk and all of that. You ain't got to be putting trackers all up under the car because this person, he, this person brings you emotional comfort. They, they talk to you respectfully. They live their lives in a way that there's nothing hidden. There's, there's nothing to question. Um, you know, that's, you know, for, I don't know, but for me, that's a big deal. For me, that's a big deal. You know, that's the way my wife and I live. We, we've never been two people that felt the need to um, investigate the other. My wife goes and comes, you know, I'm, she's a grown woman. I'm not around here trying to be my wife's dad. I'm a man. I'm a husband. I'm not trying to be her dad. I'm not trying to control her life. She's a grown woman. She goes and comes like she will as she pleases. I go and come like I please. The, the, the time my wife says, I want to go on a vacation by myself. I'm tired of you, the children, church, and everything else. I want to go on a vacation by myself. Her last vacation, <clears throat> she went on a cruise by herself. I wasn't with her. I wasn't with her. I didn't feel no need to be with her. She wanted to go on a cruise by herself. She's woman enough to go on a cruise by herself, and we, we provide one another with the kind of security in our relationship that I ain't got no problem. Now, other folks say, you let your woman go on a cruise? Absolutely. Because the way my woman lives with me, she provides the kind of emotional certainty and comfort that I trust her. And I don't need to be with somebody that I can't trust. She let me travel all over the country and the world by myself. She ain't, you know, because I give her what? That emotional comfort. Uh, now, under the emotional comfort piece, listen to this. This is very important. Listen to this. Under the emotional comfort piece, which is number two, um, I, I, I listed this. This entails a person also that has the capacity to support you. See, a lot of times you want a 10, you want a 9, you want an 8. But for the 10, the, 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 came count. the 9 or the 8, it's got to be all about them. You know, uh, you, 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 you're supposed to come into my life. They got this thing now where the men say, I'm the prize. That's a whole lot of BS, man. Ain't no man, no prize. How old big old rusty man the prize? The woman is the prize. Come on now. Not the man. I'm the prize. You ain't no prize. Ain't no man no prize. You're the privileged. You're the privileged. I'm privileged that that woman chose me and, and give me children and take care of me and organize my life and keep me healthy. How you think men that's married live longer than dudes that ain't got no wife? You ain't no prize. Ain't no man no prize. Ain't no real man gonna tell you about it. I'm the prize. The woman is the prize. So under the emotional comfort piece, he, he or she has to have the capacity to support you. See, because if you're going to marry this person, watch this. If you're going to marry this person, marriage does not mean, my dears, 
that you divorce your individuality. No, no. What marriage means is that I bring all of me, you bring all of you, emerge them together, and we become something together that we would have never been apart. So if you don't have a person that's big enough or has the intelligence or the capacity to, uh, to support you as you support them, that ain't the right one for you. That's why that's why you need to stay out the bed and you need to have more conversations because conversations reveal questions, reveal motives. And when you go to having the conversation, you go to talking about the future and and where, you know, you see yourself going. You can then listen to the language of the person to see if they have the capacity to support you or not. My wife has supported me, stood behind me in everything I've ever wanted to do. And and. You know, I'm always mindful, and I'm sure she's in here somewhere tonight, and y'all going to ask her. I'm always mindful of what is it that's on your heart? What do you, what do you want to accomplish that I can support you in? It's not supposed to be that a, a woman marries a man and she divorces all of her aspirations and dreams. I believe that a lot of women have to get things in balance if you really plan on having a family and a man, but you can do it all. The Proverbs 31 woman did it all, but she had a strong, secure husband as a partner and marriage is a partnership. So when you get through it, all of your tens, nines and eights, you need to investigate. You need to vet to see if this person has the capacity to support you. That's a part of the emotional comfort that you're going to need a person to bring to the table. Watch this, especially as a woman, especially as, um, as a generation of women who've been masculinized. And when I say that, I'm not talking about you behave like a dude or, you know, it has no reference to your sexual orientation, but it means that you've been forced to have to, to have to take up uh, arms and defend the family and provide and protect. And you have, you've been forced to be all of that. And now you come into a relationship and a man says, I need to see the feminine side of you, which says what I'm going to submit and I'm just going to relax and let you be the man. Well, you're not going to be able to relax into your feminine until you find a man that gives you the kind of emotional comfort and security that you can say, okay, I can let go the wheel because you got it and I can trust you. He may be fine as all outdoors, but if he doesn't provide emotional comfort, there's going to always be a clashing. Both of y'all going to wake up every day fighting for the pants. Who's going to be the man today? Who's going to be the man today? It's not until you find a man that is a man that, that, that provides the kind of emotional comfort for you to be able to say, okay, whoo, I can exhale. And then you can relax in your femininity and let that brother be the man. But you ain't going to do that for no man that doesn't provide emotional security. Because for the feminine, for the feminine of a woman to manifest, it means that she's going to have to have a lot of trust in the man. There's no submission without trust. There's no submission without trust. And you're not going to submit to somebody unless you're an idiot that does not provide the kind of emotional comfort that you need, that you, you feel a certainty about this individual. You, you, you'd be an idiot to, to, to submit to somebody you're not sure about. But a lot of y'all, okay. Okay, so number two, number one, we said we dealt with the, with the physical, uh, attract, uh, physical appeal. Number two is the emotional comfort. And number three, watch this. You got to vet this person. There has to be intellectual compatibility. There has to be intellectual compatibility. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? There's a man, I'm talking to you ladies now. There's a man whose mind is so beautiful that it'll make you forget about what he looks like. There's a man whose intelligence is going to be so attractive. That even if he's a 10, you ain't going to even be able to see that no more. His mind is going to be so beautiful. You're going to be able to learn so much from this man. You're going to be able to have conversations on levels that almost sound like poetry. Because for the first time in your life, you got a man that's intellectually compatible. You've been running behind 10s, 9s, and 8s in the physical realm 
who are twos, threes, and ones in the mental in the in the mental area. Dummies, beautiful dummies. But when when you when you when you deepen the search, and you start, you say, okay, this dude, he's average, you know. And you really start giving this brother a chance or you start giving this sister a chance. It goes both ways. And you you get a chance to hear the expression of their beautiful minds. You see, the, the thing I love about intelligence and see, intelligence has absolutely nothing to do with schooling. There are a lot of dumb people who have a lot of degrees But the beautiful thing about intelligence is that it's an attractiveness that will last for a lifetime. A beautiful mind will be beautiful until the grave. A beautiful mind will be beautiful all the way to the grave. What you're looking at now in the physical, the physique, the 36, 24, 36, bruh. That's that's going to turn into 52, 52, 52. Just keep on living. The dude with the, you know, the, the big old broad chest, the, the you know, the, the, the 48 chest and the 24 waist. That's going to be 52, 52. But a beautiful mind. Good God Almighty. You need to you need to search for the intellectual compatibility, especially a woman, because for a woman to be able to trust a man, she's going to have to believe that uh, all of his neurons are firing off. She's going to have to believe that this man is a thinker. See, because it's cute now. It's cute now that you, you know, you just, you know, you just think about the physical. Oh, he's an he's a eight, he's a nine, he's a ten. But you know what? You know when it's gonna change? When you have children for him. And now these children gotta be provided for, and now you're trying to figure out how we're gonna set these children up in the, you know, for the future. And then you start getting old and you realize I, you know, I I don't think I wanna be working that much longer. Uh, you know, we're getting ready to get to retirement years. What is retirement gonna look like? You don't need more than, you know, you don't need more than that. You're gonna need more than, oh, he put it down in the bedroom. He he's a sex man- maniac. Oh, whatever. Whatever. You're going to need some intellectual compatibility. The conversation. Watch this. This is this is going to be the intellectual compatibility is going to be demonstrated in the conversation. In the conversation. Dating is for data. Dating is not for. Um, romance and candles and all of that and rose petals. That's not what dating is for. Dating is for data, information. You can't get information unless you have conversation. And if you go to asking homeboy certain questions that he has no answers to, and I'm not talking about specialized questions in your particular area of discipline or, you know, your particular field. I'm talking about just in general in life. What's your vision? Where are you going? You know what I mean? What have you learned about life so far? You know, uh, what's your concept of a family? What is your philosophy on marriage? If dude sitting there and he can't answer that, or if, if sister girl sitting there and she can't answer that, what she, what, what do you want in the hood? I just, I just, I just want a, a fine man. That's all I want. Don't put this, don't put your hands on me. That's all you got. Waiter, 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 check please. Check please. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Now, um, this intellectual compatibility is modeled in the conversation. Watch this. And the mutual pursuit of vision. See, uh, let me help you right here. A lot of you ladies are, are more are better educated than we men are. And so in a lot of cases, especially especially in the United States of America, uh, you're going to find yourself 
maybe even earning more than we men may earn. Watch this. I submit to you, everybody got to, you got to, you know, everybody got to do their own thing. I'm not trying to tell nobody what to do. Nobody. I submit to you that maybe it shouldn't be so much about the dollar figure of what he earns as much as it is about understanding what his vision is and what his grind looks like. He may not be earning as much as you right now. His, his, his paycheck may not be equivalent to yours, but his grind has to be. And his vision has to be something you can get excited about. If he doesn't have a vision, waiter, check please, check please, check please. Because a man that doesn't have a vision is not going to be able to hold your attention. That sounds like a rap, huh? man that doesn't have a vision is not going to be able to hold your attention. If he ain't got no vision... Y'all ain't really got much else to talk about. But if he has a vision, he has a grind, he has a work ethic. Come on now. And and you can see where you can clearly see where this brother's going and you don't mind going there with him. It means that there's a what? Intellectual compatibility. It means that the two of you are suitable for each other. My father uh, my father, I was trying to reach for the picture, but it's too far away from me. My father uh, was born in, in Woodville, Mississippi. And he had to drop out of school, I think, in the sixth grade to work at a sawmill to help his poor, I think, sharecropping family. I think that's what they were actually, sharecroppers. He had to go and, and um, drop out of school, work at a sawmill to help his family to survive financially. Well, he grew up and he eventually moved from Mississippi, came to the city of New Orleans and he got back into um, he got back into school and got his his GED, his graduate uh, equivalency degree or whatever. You know, so when you all hear me say GED man, Ph.D. woman, you you understand I'm not making fun of that because I have no I have I don't have my father is the man. He's he's the man that has been my hero in life. He's where I learned everything I know to be quite honest with you. But he moves to the city and uh, he meets my mother, who at that time was a college student at Southern University in Baton Rouge. They get married. My mother goes on. She ultimately gets her master's in counseling, I think it is, from Xavier University. And so you know, when you measured them in terms of um, formal education, it didn't seem like a match. But my father had a dimension of thinking, thought, and vision. And he would articulate that vision to my mother, and my mother would see it. And it captivated her. It, it you know, it, um, it just completely enveloped her. And she had the highest respect for this man. Because there was what? Intellectual compatibility. The Bible says in Amos 3 and 3, can two walk together except they be agreed on the same page? You got to have, watch this, you got to have mutual ambition. You don't want to be a a woman that's striving for the penthouse and tie yourself to a tin that's satisfied in the basement. You got to have mutual ambition. You got to have comparable values. You don't want to be a person that that believes in the sanctity of marriage and, and, and fidelity and you marrying somebody that has no morals. And then you need to have some similar interest, some similar interest. OK, now let me give you number four, because I'm, I'm on here almost an hour now. Number four. And finally, we're talking about how to vet a potential partner. Number one, we said bring some balance to um, the physical appeal. Y'all, if you did, if you just chiming in, go back and listen to that part. Number two, we said uh, check for the emotional comfort this person produces in your life. You don't want to you don't want to tie your life to a person that keeps you anxious and keeps you nervous and keeps you upset. That's 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 no, not not good. Number three, we said uh, 
vet for the intellectual compatibility. This shows up in the conversation and an observation of the person's mutual pursuit of vision. Visionaries cannot tie themselves to non-visionaries. It just does not work. Does not work. It does not work. A man that's a visionary does not need a, a woman that's not a visionary because you're going to get frustrated with her. A woman that's a visionary certainly does not need a man that's, that's, that's not a visionary because you're not going to respect him. It does not work. And then number four, check for the spiritual peace. Check for the spiritual peace, because when you have the right one, you're going to be spiritually at peace. You you will discern something peaceful about them. And their presence will give you rest. See, it's this is when the vetting process moves from the visible past the cerebral Now to the spiritual, this is where God says deep down in your spirit, I approve of this. I approve of this. You see, you've never gotten that before because in most cases you jump straight out of the will of God, jump right into the bed, sleeping with somebody that you didn't even run by God. You didn't even think through thoroughly. And so God folded his arms and backed out of the process and let you reap the fruit of your own ways. But just take your time and then sense the spirit of peace. The right one, their presence is going to just bring you rest. On my Instagram today, my wife picked me up from the airport and I took a picture of of she and I in the car while she was driving and I think I... I said something like, um, you know, get yourself a woman that makes it a joy to come home to because my wife gives me what peace. This is when I'm with my wife it's the most peaceful place in the world for me. You see. And you ought to you ought you ought to you ought to search for that. You know, does do I have that that sense of peace in my spirit? You know, that when I'm around this person, I can. I can almost feel, it almost feels like I I sense God. Listen to what the Bible says, and I'm done. In Genesis 2, 24 and 25. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And watch verse 25. I love verse 25. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. It was such a peaceful and tranquil connection. They were both naked, completely exposed, completely vulnerable, and they were not ashamed. They were not ashamed. You know, if you're a dude, you need a woman... You know, this may sound crazy, man, but I, I'll be, be, be straight up on, straight up honest with you. If you're a man in, in here, and I mean, you know, every bit of uh, what we call an alpha man, you know, you old man, nothing soft about you. You need a woman that you can cry with. Or even two, not every night now, you know what I mean, but you need a woman that you can be completely vulnerable and you feel a sense of peace just being in her presence. A few times in my life, I've absolutely broken down and cried in my wife's presence. There have been times that she's had to hold me. And I never, she never made me feel like I was less than a man. But I feel, I feel a sense of rest and there's a peace that I have in the presence of my wife that I never felt before. Before I always felt like I had to, I had to act. I had to be the, I had to be the man. I got to be the Ooh, I'm the I'm the alpha male. Woo, yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. I don't always have it. I don't always have it, and sometimes I got to get home to my woman to feel that sense of rest. And so, in the process of vetting a person, ask yourself sincerely, 
look for the peace, the spiritual peace that only God can provide because that peace is is going to be God's approval. And if you don't sense that, move on, move on. I've been on here an hour. I apologize for taking so long, but I wanted to get this out. Father, I thank you tonight for this time that I've had with your people. God, let something I've said, let something that I've said uh, resonate and change and transform their lives. In Jesus' name, let them have clarity, wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I love you all, man. Listen, don't forget to go by my website, sign up for my mailing list at rcblakes.com. Don't forget to go and um, uh, check out my online programs. All of my online programs, quite honestly, um, when we set up those programs, I mark those programs down to really um, uh, probably about 25%. I I marked them down 75%, down to about 25% of what I should have actually Uh, charge for them. And I did that on purpose. Now, a lot of people, in fact, everybody on my team, um, you know, they they weren't happy about that, but I had to do what I had to do uh, relative to what the spirit of God was telling me. And it was to make the content available to people who otherwise might not be able to afford it. So these programs are still marked down after what two years or so. And I'm saying to you now, there's going to come a time where those programs are going to go up to the proper pricing. Right now, they're still where they are. I I produce those programs. It's a lot of content. It's hours and hours and hours and hours of content. And it was expressly for the purpose of ministering things that I knew, I know that you need. The online program relative to soul ties. Transcending the Father Wound, Wisdom for Women in Ministry, Queenology, Queenology, the next version of Queenology, the Training for Reigning. All of this is stuff that you need. And so I want you to go to my website. That's You always say, well, how can I support the ministry? That's how you can support the ministry. I want you to go to the website and I want you to look into those programs and become a part of that community. Um... Of course, all of my books are at Amazon. And those of you that may need counseling for any reason, any purpose at all, you know that we have a partnership with BetterHelp. And um, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. And so I encourage people that need counseling to go to BetterHelp. There's a link. There will be a link in the description that you can use. And when you use it, uh, they will give you 10% off of the cost of the counseling And in turn, because of our recommendation, they will uh, sow into our ministry. So it's a win-win. And I hear a lot of great things. Now, listen, I have like 803 likes and we had over 2,000 people in the room. Still got 1,800. So did I do that poor of a job? Come on now. You all know what I need you to do. I need you to give me some likes before we get off of here. Am I missing anything? Am I missing? Listen, those of you that are on Clubhouse, Lisa and I were just talking. We're getting we're getting ready to really embrace the Clubhouse platform. If you don't know what it is, kind of Google it and look at it. You have to have an I don't fully understand it, but I love the platform. It's a wonderful learning opportunity. Nothing is recorded. Everything is live. You're either part of the conversation or you're not. If you're not a part, somebody has to tell you what what was talked about. But I'm envisioning having our YouTube sessions and then transitioning almost immediately to Clubhouse where we can actually have the conversations and have interaction. So those of you that are on Clubhouse, follow me there. Follow Lisa Lisa and I there. And um, I look forward to, you know, just kind of intermingling that platform into everything that we do here on YouTube. 
So I love you all. Pray for me. I may come back again if I get something to talk about. When I don't have nothing to talk about, I don't come. I don't want to do like a whole lot of people come in and talk about the same thing every time and don't have nothing to say. Just eating and all that kind of stuff. So I love you all. I thank God for you. And um, I see Lisa's in here. So anything, anything you, you all may need, you can reach out to us at um, Pastor R.C. Blake's at gmail.com. Thank, thanks to all of you that, what is it, super chatting and all of that kind of thing. Thank you so much. I love you all and I appreciate you with all of my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I ceased, you know, recognizing you uh, during the process because it was distracting a lot of people who need to hear exactly what I'm saying. And so I put a value So I put a value on um, the experience of people more so than my own personal profit. But I thank those of you that uh, share and so into our lives. So I love you. I want you to have a great night and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Don't forget to stop by the website, sign up for the web, sign up for the email list. God bless you. I love you. I'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening today. If you would like more information or for other resources, please visit us on the web at rcblakes.com.